Likutei Sikha is Chelikutes, Volume 19, the third Sikha for Chagasukais. This Sikha will discuss the mitzvah of Hakel, which begins on Sukais, in the eighth year, that is, in the year following the Shemitah, the sabbatical year. In the beginning of the Sikha, the Rebbe will discuss it from a halacha perspective, what exactly is the status of the mitzvah of Hakel. And afterwards, it will segue into the subliminal meaning of this mitzvah on a more mystical level. It will be worthwhile to acquaint ourselves with the Gemara, which is going to be discussed in this Sicha. The Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, on the verse, Hakel the verse in the Torah that says, gather, quote, gather the men, the women, and the children. And it says in order that they should come, and, and learn and, and hear and learn in order to come to fear to God, to fear God. So Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah comments, Anashim, why do the men come? Boyim, they come. Lilmoit, to learn. Nashim boys, why do the women come? Lishmaya, to listen. Taf, he says, the children, what purpose is there in their coming? Okay, they don't learn, nor can they really pay attention. So he explains, he answers, in order to give reward, to cure reward for those who bring them. So let's get into the Sicha. In connection to the Mitzvah of Hakel, which begins at the end of the first day, that means the first, the night of Cholomoyet, we find something very, very unique, and perhaps you could even say exclusive. That is, that the mitzvah of Hakel involves every single Jew, even toddlers, even little babies, little infants. As it says, Hakel is anoshim anoshim atav. Gather men, women, and taf, and children. Taf means babies. Now, in general, you never find such a thing that a mitzvah from the Torah, biblical obligation, should include children. Therefore, says the Rebbe, it could be said that this uniqueness, this special unique thing, that the obligation that there is in this mitzvah, actually expresses the integral point in the general concept, the idea, the purpose of this mitzvah. So let's get into it. At the first glance, it would seem that the obligation, meaning the mitzvah of bringing the children, is not on the children themselves. In other words, perhaps one can make the argument that since we never find such a thing in the Torah, doesn't exist, that children should be actively obligated in something, then perhaps maybe we would suggest that the obligation is on the father, perhaps, that the father has an obligation to bring the children. And this fits in very well with where Elizabeth Azariah concludes that this is in order to, quote, give reward, to cure reward, for the, those who bring the children. That would seem fine. However, there is another Gemara. There's a Gemara in Kiddushin, in a different tractate, which makes the following statement, that even if women would not have been mentioned here in this Pasuk, even if the Torah wouldn't have explicitly obligated women to come to partake in this mitzvah, one would have been able to derive it from the fact that children are obligated. In other words, it would have sufficed that it should say men and children, and then we would have also known um, 
by, by obvious conclusion that women are also obligated. Because then we could make a call and say, if children are obligated, if children are never obligated, then certainly women will be obligated. So now, if we would, um, if we, we, we would um, uh, conclude, like we contended before, that the obligation is not directly on the children, rather the obligation is only on the father who brings the children, then how can we make such an argument? In other words, how can the argument of the Gemara even make sense? And the Gemara poses it as a legitimate argument, as a legitimate uh, um, idea that perhaps women didn't have to be mentioned. So from this, says the Rebbe, we conclude conclusively that it comes out, according to the Gemara, that children are obligated. Children in this mitzvah of Hakel, this unique mitzvah, there is a unique quality to the obligation that even children are obligated. However, the question could be asked, how does this fit in with A, the general rule that children are never obligated anything in anything biblically? And number two, how does this fit in with what we said above that the purpose of bringing the children is to give reward to those who bring them, which this seems to imply that the obligation is not on them. It says the Rebbe, in order to understand this, we have to take a closer look, analyze a little bit the actual words of Rabbi Lezab and Azariah to understand really what he's really saying. Because if you look at it, the question really is, what exactly is the novelty? What exactly is he telling us that we wouldn't know without him? When he says the men, quote, come to learn, the women come to listen. Why, why do we need Rabbi Lezab and Azariah for that? Doesn't that say that explicitly in the Pasuk? The verse says, Leman yishmu, leman in order that they should hear, listen, in order that they should start, learn. So what's he adding to the understanding of the Pasuk, of the mitzvah of Hakel? Well, the explanation is, says the Rebbe, that if you look a little closer to the verse, to the Pasuk, which we quoted, the Pasuk says, Hakel. The this Pasuk is speaking, yachid. The verse is speaking in a singular form. It says hakel, it doesn't say hakilu, you should all gather. It says hakel, you, the individual should gather. Who is this you? Who is this individual that the Torah is obligating, that the Torah is instructing to gather all the Jews? That's the king. The king has an obligation to gather all the Jews. In other words, the, it comes out from this, that number one, the obligation is not on the individual. The individual doesn't have a biblical obligation to come to Hakel. Rather, it's the king that needs to ensure to gather them that they should be brought to Hakel. That's number one. And number two, it comes out that when you complete the second half of the verse, meaning when the other when the condition of the verse is met, the, with the, with the, that, that the men come and they learn, they study, and the women come and they listen, then the obligation of the king who was obligated to gather them becomes fulfilled in its entirety. That, In other words, that they help him fulfill his mitzvah through their learning and through their listening by them being there. But that, that because why? Because that is the ultimate objective in the mitzvah. Now this is as far as the biblical verse is concerned. If, you all, if we read the biblical verse, literally, that's what comes out. Again, that the obligation is on the king. The king is the one who has the obligation to perform the mitzvah of Hakel, to gather all. 
And then the people who come and learn and, and, and listen, the men and the women, they now, so to speak, help the king to uh, fulfill in his obligation in its entirety. Here is where Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah comes in. Rabbi Lezer now adds, and he has, and he's mechadish. Mechadish means he adds a novel idea that number one, also the men and women have somewhat of a personal obligation to come. In other words, notwithstanding the fact that as we just concluded, as we just pointed out, biblically speaking, the men and the women, the people, are merely the objects of the mitzvah. They are, so to speak, the instrument through which the king fulfills his mitzvah. So it would seem that they have no obligation. Comes Rabbi Elizabeth Azariah in Torah Shaval Peh, and he adds, he gives us a deeper insight that also they, the men and the women, also have a personal obligation that they contribute to themselves, not uh, in addition to what they're contributing to the king. And this is along the line, says the Rebbe, where we find a precedent for this. The Ran explains when it comes to the mitzvah, for example, the mitzvah of Piriya Berivya, the mitzvah of having children. So the, really the mitzvah is the obligation the Torah is on the man. Obviously a man cannot do without a woman. So now the question is, does the woman have any mitzvah in it? And the Ran concludes that although the explicit obligation of the Torah is directly on the man. He has the imperative, the obligation, but certainly the women is the woman, the women in this case, are fulfilling a great mitzvah by participating in this, by making this happen. Or another example for this, there is a sefer called the Sefer Charedim, where there he explains that although in the Torah, the obligation for the Koyhanim, the priests, to bless the Jews. It says, So you shall bless the Jewish people. It's their obligation to bless the Jewish people. Yet, says the Haredim, it's also, according to the way he explains it, it's also a mitzvah say, it's also a biblical obligation on each and every Jew to become blessed by the Kayan. So likewise over here, this is what he's at, this is what Abel Ben Azari is telling us. That although their obligation is not their individual obligation, it's the obligation of the king, that he has to see to it to gather all of them, yet they also have a personal obligation and their contribution to it, that they're not only contributing to the king, but also contributing to their own fulfillment, so to speak, of fulfilling this mitzvah, their part of the mitzvah, their individuality in the mitzvah. So that's one point that Rabbi Lezben Isaiah is adding. Another thing he's adding, that the men and the women that come, they're not just there to be there, but rather they have another, they have a double obligation. One obligation is to come to be there. Number two, to come and to learn. He's emphasizing that they have to actively try to learn or try to pay attention that their activity that they have to actively make an effort to hear and to absorb and to listen. And in continuation to that, this is where the latter part of Rabbi Elizabeth Nazariah's saying comes in, where he says, if so, then how do the children fit in? In other words, men and women, we can explain that they have their own individual obligation, that they contribute, so to speak, to themselves for their own uh, spiritual well-being, if I may. But we're exactly, what exactly are the children uh, uh, accomplishing? What exactly are the children fulfilling? Where do they fulfill their own obligation? 
That's where he answers that in addition to the children's be, the children being brought in order for the king to have fulfilled his obligation, they're also by them being brought by the parents, they are contributing a more reward to the parents who had brought them. That means in addition to the fact that they're fulfilling the king's obligation the king's obligation by bringing the children, they're also adding virtue to their own selves. To, that they're making the active effort to hear and to learn, this contributes to their uh, success in doing so. Now, we can understand, now, I'm sorry, now we can understand the statement that the Gemara made in Kiddushin, that the Gemara said, Tfeilin Chayovim. It categorically said that that the that the that the that the children are obligated in this mitzvah. That the children are babies are obligated in this mitzvah. And remember, we asked, how can you ever say babies are obligated in a mitzvah? Babies are never obligated in any mitzvah. Little children are not obligated in anything. Now we could understand it. It doesn't mean that they have an obligation, but it means that they are in the same category of the men and the women to help fulfill the obligation of the king. In other words, it's a collective category. It's a category of men, women, and children whom the king has obligation to gather. That level of obligation is equal to everyone. And since the children are obligated like men in this case, in other words, since the men are obligated to, to come to, to help the king fulfill his mitzvah. And if the Torah would have mentioned only children, not mentioned women, we would have been able to derive that women are also obligated because if men are obligated and children are obligated to help fulfill this mitzvah as a collective, then certainly the women would also fall into that category. So now we can take this to a little more subliminal understanding of this mitzvah. Now that we understand that there's really two parts to the mitzvah. There is the obligation that's on the king, that he has to bring everyone together, and then there's the individual obligation, so to speak, the sub-mitzvah, the subcategory of the mitzvah, for the individual himself, whether man or woman, to enhance their learning, their listening, their absorption of what the king is teaching and what the king is saying. So now we can take it to a little more esoteric or a little more subliminal level. See, specifically and exclusively, we find this idea that all Jews are equal, men, women, children, babies, no matter, regardless of the age or regardless of level, we only find this by Hakel. How can we understand this? So the Rebbe says, if we look into the Rambam, the Rambam, in explaining this mitzvah, he, re- he explains that what is the purpose of the mitzvah? Lechazek es hadas to strengthen, to fortify our faith, our religion. Or if we take the Chinuch, the Sefer Chinuch, who explains every mitzvah and gives us an idea of the background, the idea of the mitzvah, he says, This mitzvah is like a strong anchor and a great virtue in our faith. So you see that the that what is the idea? What is the underlying purpose of the mitzvah of Hakel? It is to reveal, to bring out the deep-rooted faith that's in every single Jew. And now we can understand that it makes sense. Since when it comes to the deep-rooted faith, that, 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 that spark of faith 
that's in every single Jew deep down, there is no difference. There is no distinction between man, woman, child, older, younger, because when it comes to emuna, when it comes to the core of faith, everyone is exactly the same thing. Everything is, everyone is the same. And this can also help us to understand another thing. Now we can understand that the content that which the king reads, what would he typically read? He wouldn't just read the stories of the Torah, but he would read specific parts of the Torah. He would The choice of, of, of readings were the Shema, Bahayim Shemoya, the parts of the Torah which are laced with, which are and infused a person to Kabbalah to accepting the yoke of Hashem, of, of, of the, the sovereignty of Hashem, to become more dedicated to mitzvahs, to the study, to become more adherent to the mitzvahs and dedicated to the study of Torah. That makes sense because the whole purpose is to strengthen their amuna, to bring it out, and once you bring it out, now to act on it, to grow on it, and bring the people to active connection to Torah and mitzvahs. And for this reason, therefore, this mitzvah is number one. To summarize, number one is equal by all Jews because when it comes to the core, there's no difference in age. And number two, why was it directed to the king? In other words, why is the obligation, as we maintain, uh, that specifically on the king? Why is it the king's duty to gather everyone? Because we know the king is called Lev Ha'am. He's the heart of the people. He is the Neshama Klolis. He's the general soul which embodies all the Jews, which brings together all the Jews. So just like when you have something in the body, it has to come from the heart, and from the heart it spreads the blood and the, and, and the oxygen and everything to the entire body. So too, this is, this is something that touches the core, the core of faith. It has to come from the king. And he needs to be the one to awaken and bring out the faith, the deep-rooted core faith that's in every single Jew. And now we can understand another ma- amazing idea that which we find also only exclusively in the midst of Hakel. You see, typically, every yontif, the aspect of every, every yontif, usually is meant to last until the next time that yontif comes around. And this is implied different places in the Torah. However, when it comes to the mitzvah of Hakel and those verses where it describes the purpose, it says over there that in order that you should hear, in order that you listen, or that you should learn, and you come to fear Hashem, and then it says, Kol Hayomim, all the days Asher Atem Chaim Adama, that you live on this on this earth, on the land, meaning on the earth. The meaning is this is meant to last for an eternity. It's not meant to just last for a short time period, whether a year, two, three, four, but rather, this is rather it's meant to last forever. Why? Because this is not just another aspect of Judaism. As we explained, this is meant to bring out the core faith. And the core faith is something that's forever, that doesn't change. The core faith is something that has to be active, it has to be present, it has to be something that you feel all the time, every time, and any time. And therefore, this is something the Torah says that lasts forever. Now, once the king arouses this faith, then comes the Torah Shabal Peh, as Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah explains, and it reveals to us an added thing, that one needs to now individually activate, so to speak, act on it, and activate their own you know, their own inner virtues, the men to learn, it has to affect them that they should learn, that they should become more engrossed in the learning, the women that they should listen, they should adhere, and so on and so forth. Meaning the individual itself, where over there, 
there's already, there's no, you don't have the same collective equality as you have that when it comes to the Amuna, which you can generalize and pack everyone together in the same collective. Here already, Rabbi Elizabeth, as I was pointing out, each individual has their obligation, their particular um, uh, um, imperative to study, to learn, and to take it to the next level. This is already something which is more individualized. And that's where the Gemara continues. Abelazah ben Azari concludes that when you bring the children, that gives you extra reward. What reward does it give you? It doesn't give you reward more points in the candy shop. It doesn't give you more ice cream. It gives you reward, meaning that in that which you have now, that obligation you have to learn or to, or to, or to listen to that here and for the women and to take it to the next level, in that you become now more effective. You have more, um, so to speak, more uh, uh, reservoir resources of of energy, of spiritual energy. God gives you because you brought your children to arouse their amuna. That is the reward. Says the Rebbe Dehoira from this. The active directive from this is, although we have no longer, we don't have the base of Mikdash right now, but still, since the Torah is everlasting, so we need to ensure that when it comes to the especially the, the festival of Sukkot, especially in a year of Hakel, we need to ensure to see to it that all Jews, including children, and the Rebbe says children, he means literally children in age, or children when it comes to Torah knowledge and, and mitzvah observance, that all should gather together in order to bring out, to arouse their deep-rooted core faith that's in every single Jew, and to get them more actively involved in Torah and mitzvahs, and this will not only affect them, but it will affect those that bring them and enhance their experience in their emuna and in their Torah and mitzvahs. And of course, all this until and will bring to the materialization of the promise in Yirmiyahu, Kohol Godol Yeshua Heino. The Yom promised that a great congregation, Kohol, like the same word as Hakel, will return here, the car of Mamish, to the coming of Mashiach Zidkenu.